Welcome back to Shnai Mikra, the OU podcast series on Parshat Tashavua. This is Menachem Liptag, and in today's year, we continue our study of Parshat Ekev with Shlishi, the third Aliyah, beginning in Perak Tet in chapter 9 in Sefer Dvarim, Pasuk Talad, verse 4. Don't say in your hearts, When God helps you chase away those enemies in front of you, don't say, It's because of my virtue or righteousness that God is bringing me to conquer this land. And because of the wickedness of those nations, God is allowing us to conquer them. That would be a misunderstanding, Moshe says. It is not because of your righteousness or, or virtue that you are coming to conquer the land. Indeed, it's because of the wickedness of those nations that God is allowing you to conquer them. And also to fulfill the promise that God had sworn to your fathers, Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Moshe is reminding them that they should not think that the conquest of this land is in reward for their good behavior in the desert. Quite the opposite. He's going to tell them, if it was only for your behavior in the desert, you would not deserve this land. The reason you're getting the land is because of the promise or the goal that God had set with your forefathers to become a nation, to represent God. It's a goal for the future, which God still hopes to fulfill should you follow His laws when you come in the land. But based on the track record of your behavior in the desert alone, you would not be deserving. Also, he has to remind them that the reason those nations are being thrown out is because of their decadent behavior, and you have to appreciate that's the reason why God's sending them out, and should you behave in a way that they did, you will receive the same fate. Pasuk Vav, Biyadata, you should know, Ki lo ki am ata. As he said before, you should know, it's not because of your righteousness that God is giving you this good land, why not? Because you are a stiff-necked people. Clearly, this rebuke is based on the events that happened in the desert because the first time that God tells them they are stiff-necked people is in the aftermath of the incident of the golden calf. Now Moshe is going to continue, like he did in the last chapter, to remind them of their experiences in the desert. In chapter 8, he reminded them of the experience of eating the man and how they were trained in the desert to be dependent on God. Now he wants to remind them how unfaithful they've been through the entire 40 years in the desert. Remember, don't forget how you caused God to become angry at you from the day you left Egypt until you arrived at this place in Ravot Moab. You've been rebellious against God the entire time. And Mount Sinai, the mountain called Chorev, you provoke God's anger. God became so angry, he wanted to destroy you. Baloti Hara, Moshe Rabbeinu is now going to retell the events with the golden calf. When I went up, I went up to receive the tablets written in stone, the tablets of the covenant, that symbolized the covenant that God made with you at Har Sinai. I was up in the mountain, learning the laws from God that I was supposed to teach you, 40 days and 40 nights. Lechem lo achauti umayim lo shatiti. During those 40 days in Har Sinai, I did not eat any bread nor drink any water. Vaitein Adonai Eli et shnei luchot havanim. God gave me at that time the two tablets written in stone. Tuvim betz ba'elohim. Written with the finger of God. 
ועליהם ככל הדברים אשר דיבר אדוני עמכם בהר מתוך האש ביום הקהל. And on those tablets were written all of the commandments and the statements that God spoke with you in that fire from the mountain on the day that we gathered at Har Sinai or the day of Matan Torah as described in Parshat Yitro. After the 40 days and 40 nights were over, God gave me those two tablets that I was supposed to bring down and that would be the symbol of the covenant. However, God told me, go down quickly from this mountain because your people that you took out of Egypt have gone astray. They made for themselves a molten image. God told me, saying, This is a quick summary of what happened back in Parshat Kitisa. God saw their behavior and reached the conclusion that this nation is a stiff-necked nation. They're not going to change their ways. Hence, God wanted to destroy them. And He told Moshe, Allow me and let me destroy them. Let me wipe out their name from under the heavens. Let me make you a nation greater and stronger than they are. I turned and I went down from the mountain. The mountain was still consumed in fire. And the two tablets of the covenant were held in my two hands. And I saw what had happened. You had sinned to Hashem your God. You made for yourselves a modern image of a calf. Very quickly, you went astray from the way that God had commanded you. I grabbed these two tablets. I cast them away from my two hands and I broke them in front of you to show that God has broken His covenant with you. Chazal comment in the Midrash, when it says, Aluchot Asher Shibarta, Yishakoch Asher Shibarta. In a certain manner, God is happy that Moshe Rabbeinu breaks the Luchot, because breaking the Luchot, in essence, saves the people from the punishment. Had these tablets, and hence this covenant, still been intact, according to their terms, that God said, if you follow other gods, I will become zealous, because I'm a Kel Kana, Poked Avon. I'll be quick to punish and harsh in my punishment, God would have immediately punished anyone who had bowed down to this calf. Because Moshe broke the Luchot, that annulled the covenant. Once that covenant was annulled, no longer are the strict terms of the covenant, the attributes of Din, of Kelkana and Poketavon. Later in the story, Moshe Rabbeinu is going to renegotiate the covenant to include attributes of mercy to allow forgiveness for this type of behavior. That will be the topic of Bidot Rachamim, of the attributes of mercy, which Moshe will explain later on in his speech. Now Moshe is going to explain how he prayed to save them from punishment. Pasuk Yudchet. And I fell down before God, just like I did the first time. For 40 days and 40 nights. Again, I did not eat any bread, nor did I drink any water. I did this because of the sins that you had committed to do evil in the eyes of God to get him angry. Because I was dreadful of the fierce anger of God because he wanted to destroy you. 
Yet God listened to me once again, even as I prayed during these middle 40 days. Also, God became very angered with Aaron because of what he did, causing the people to sin with Chet And I also prayed for Aaron at that time. Your sin, referring to the calf that you had made, I took it and I burnt it in the fire, and I pounded it until it became a fine powder, and I threw its dust into the brook that flows down from the mountain. Here Moshe Rabbeinu explains how he ground up the pieces of the ego into a fine dust and threw it into the water supply. In the parallel story in Sefer Shemot, we are told that Moshe Rabbeinu made the people drink from the calf. Based on this story, we can understand how he got them to drink their sins in a very similar manner to the laws of Sotah, where there also we find a test case for an unfaithful partner in a relationship. We take the powder, we mix it with water, and make the people drink the solution that reminds them of their sins. So when it says that Moshe Rabbeinu made them drink from the egel, here's how he did it. He took the egel, crushed it into a fine powder, putting its dust into the brook of water that was coming down from the mountain, which was a water supply that the people drank. And then the people drank from the powder of the egel mixed with the water. In regard to the source of water on Mount Sinai, we already saw that before they arrived in Har Sinai, when Hamisro was in Rufidim and they ran out of water, God told Moshe to go to the rock in Chorev, hit the rock and it will give water, from that time on, Har Sinai was a source of water which supplied Am Yisrael with all the water they needed when they were camped at Har Sinai. Now, Moshe's goal in this speech is not to recall all the events that took place in the desert. Rather, it's to remind the people that they are not receiving the land of Israel in reward for their good behavior. Rather, based on their track record in the desert, they will not deserve the land. It's only because of the covenant he made with their forefathers and because of the evil behavior of the nations of Canaan that he's allowing them to get the land nonetheless. Therefore, Moshe is going to continue, not only did you sin and anger me with the sin of the golden calf, also in Pasach HaBet, in Tavera, where he had the mitonim in Parshat Palotra, and God punished those who rebelled with that fire. Uva Masa, most likely that's referring to Rifidim, where they tested God. That was the case of the mitonim also in chapter 11 in Sefer Bamidbar in Parsha Balotra, when the people complained about the man, they wanted meat instead of the mana. So those were all places, these were all examples of places where you provoked God's anger. And finally, Pasach Gimel, verse 23, And when God sent you from Kadesh Barnea saying, Go up and conquer the land that I'm giving you. And there, once again, you rebelled against the word of Hashem your God. You did not believe and put your trust in Him, nor did you obey His commandment. Summarizing now, you've been rebellious against God from the time I knew you. In other words, from the time we left Egypt, over and over again, throughout the desert experience, the nation has rebelled against God. Nonetheless, God did not destroy them. He's giving them now another chance. Moshe Rabbeinu wants to make sure that their success in conquering the land should not lead them to haughtiness and thinking they're getting something they deserve. They have to realize it's a lopsided relationship with God and they must be thankful for His mercy in allowing them a second chance.
Why did God give them the second chance? Moshe will explain now in Pasach Hafei how he prayed that Napal if Adonai et Arbaim Hayom et Arbaim Halay Lasherit Napalti Kemar Adonai Lashmid Etchem. And therefore, I fell before God forty days and forty nights because God wanted to destroy you. That Palel El Adonai Omar. I prayed to God and said Adonai Elohim Al Tashchet Amcha V'Nachlatcha. Don't destroy your people and your inheritance. Asher padita begodacha that you took out and redeemed with your greatness. Asher otzeta mimitzrayim biad chazaka the nation that you took out of Egypt with a strong hand. Zechor lavodecha lavram itzchak liyakov. Remember the covenant you made with your servants with Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. Al tefen el kshia amaze the el rishol the achatato. Don't turn and look at the stiff neckedness of this people and their wickedness and their sinfulness, even though they might be deserving of punishment. There's a good reason why you should not punish them, as he explains. The nation that you took us out of, in other words, the Egyptian people, might think that the reason why you killed them in the desert was not because of their sins. They wouldn't know about the sinning side. They would say, maybe their God hates them, and he took them out in order to kill them. God would not want the Egyptian people to reach that conclusion. Why? These are your people. These are your inheritance. This is a nation that you took out with your great strength and your outstretched hand. This nation has a message to teach mankind. If you punish them immediately, the people will think that you are simply a God of vengeance and have no goals other than killing people. Moshe prays to God to remember the purpose of why they were chosen, for why he picked Abraham, Mitzach, and Yaakov to become that nation. That should override God's desire to punish them for their bad behavior. God listens to Moshe Rabbeinu's prayer, renegotiates the covenant, which would now include the attributes of mercy that will allow for this relationship with Am Yisrael to continue.